Hey, yo, welcome to the Just North Pod. We coming at you live, the start of season two, and we're so fucking excited to be back with y'all. It was a nice break. So what's up? You got Rezzy as usual. You got Flocko and you got B. What's up, What's up, what's up? What up, gang, what up? Damn, I feel like I haven't talked to y'all in a minute. You know what I'm saying? It's not true, yo. We we talk in here every day. It's just been a minute since we've been together like this, you know, on the pod. And we also saw each other since recording, I believe, the last pod. So, you know, in That's person. True. In person, good. the 23rd of December. Damn, it's so a little time traveling back for y'all. But yeah, good time. <laughs> Brian finna celebrate our anniversary every year. He, he, he got up with the date. <laughs> December 23rd. That's your mark on my calendar. I'll never forget it. That's our that's our new Annie, you know. The day with I'll the send, homies. I'll send you yeah. both roses on that day. Yeah, no, nah, we've been we've been taking a much needed break, celebrating. Absolutely, holidays, right. Spending quality time with people, including each other. You know, we had this master plan. Flacco came over to my mom's house for dinner. We secured B a twenty four hour, probably less than twenty four hour trip. For to real. Philly. On some, man, on some movie type shit. On some movie this, type shit. We made it this happen, man, family. This man dead ass drove from Jacksonville, Florida to Orlando to catch like a 6 a.m. flight to get to Philly at 8 a.m. Landed. We got massages. We went shopping, had dinner just to wake up at three so I could take him to the airport the next morning. He was back home in time for Christmas with the baby and with Marley. It was crazy. Just like that. Look at that. It was there and we that. was out. You see that? That's dedication. It was there and out. That's dedication right there. It was a good, I think it was a good Christmas gift for all of us, if I can speak for all of us. That was nice. It was nice to hang out with y'all. For real. Speak, you know I mean, I thought it was a great time overall. Loved it. Loved it. And you know, you, did, you just appreciate moments like that. So you do. You got to take advantage while you can. What y'all been up to? Well, damn, that sounded fucking daunting and shit. Damn. Where's <laughs> RA shit? Listen, I guess I'm dying tomorrow. Like, damn. Listen, I'm a realist. I'm a realist. And y'all know this Omarion shit been hella I'm a crazy. realist. I'm like T-Pain for real from when it comes to that lock <laughs> shit. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I mean you catch me with an early 2000 song. I'll ooh, 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 east. Yo, I, no I don't bullshit. even make the noises. Yo, no bullshit. I could one thing that's new, at least from the last time we recorded, yo, this man Flacco don't got no face, no face on his hair. No hair on his face. <laughs> he got no <laughs> he face. Got no, no face. face on none his of hair. that. Shout out to no face on his hair. <laughs> I'm born Crazy. again, you know. But, you know, I did notice the last time I fully shaved was the first episode ever of our pod. So I think I'll just keep it as a tradition. I'll just. Right. Every it's season, a, a I'll let it grow. Yeah, it's a preseason tradition. Yeah, don't expect that from me. Yeah, nah. Be, be over here trying to grow out his his beard, but do it. No we try to get some length on the beard. Some real length there. Good luck. Whoa. That can't really do get annoying, though. It do it get in the way of like you eating and shit, man, and it's just annoying. Like sometimes I'll sloppy just, eater, bro. I swear, bro. I'll, I'll eat cereal. <laughs> I'll, I'll eat cereal, and I don't know where Marley be like, "Yo, you got like some milk on your beard." I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. But now nah, we're really excited for season two. We got a lot yeah. of big things coming for y'all. Power moves. Look out! Look out for some news on the on the Instagram channel in the in the coming weeks. 
um, something we're doing a little bit different this season in terms of structure. We're going to start having guests on the show, right? Because we could only talk about the shit that we know, but sometimes you got to have, you know, outside perspectives. Sometimes you got to have, you know, subject matter experts get on here and, and talk, they talk. Absolutely. And we start with that I, today. I think season one, we found our chemistry and I think we can now start adding other energies and other voices into the mix. That's the yeah. goal. Hopefully everyone loves it. Yeah. yeah and we, we starting with that today. We got a guest coming on um, in a little bit. So we're excited to, to introduce Ooh, her teaser. to y'all teaser yeah. so teaser yeah and if y'all have anybody in mind gang like y'all could dm our our yeah right. just north and just let us know who you want to right. hear man who you guys want on the pod we're, we're here for the people yeah we yeah. take it crazy people too but not too crazy so all right so folks you know today we want to give you a little teaser as to what we're going to talk about and we're going to do a little pop culture dip our fingers into the mess there but a little bit of a sports twist because you know we're all addicted to sports anyway so we're going to talk pop culture and we'll also talk some real life topics like what's it like being black or brown in a workspace at work. And we're going to go into that and kind of talk about our experiences with that. We coming in hot. Cool, cool, cool. So like we said, we got a guest on today's episode. I don't know why Flacco's laughing. He think everything fucking funny. You sounded like not. Andy Stanberg from Brooklyn Nine-Nine when he goes, well, cool, 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 cool. All right, <laughs> listen, don't laugh. This is serious. You laugh. Is something funny about Tori? No, it's not That's funny. funny? No, I'm, I, I'm oh, good. Wow. This is professional. I'm. A... It is professional. Anyway, like I said, we got a guest on today's episode for the first time in podcast history. And that uh-huh. history is literally six months old, but that's cool. It's all good. Still history, right? It's still history. Dang, the first ever guest? Oh, I didn't even know that. I'm feeling extremely blessed and chosen today, guys. Thanks <laughs> for having me on. Blessed. 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 Yeah, so we got... So that means the pressure Tori is extremely high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pressure real high. Not in, not in too high for, for Twin. I mean, it looked like Twin is busy, though. No, I don't know why anybody... Phone ringing. Phone ringing. I nah, told them not- I booked him busy. I told them. I was like, guys, I have a oh prior God. engagement. Do not call me. Those scammers never stop. We know no, that. Those never scammers stop. will keep hitting our lines. <laughs> no matter how many times you block. They're like, did you know about your car extended warranty? <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> <laughs> or they're going to ask about my student loans and ask me to tell them my social security card number. Oh, my like, God. That's Listen, Robin. That's you got to buy, like, 17 Amazon gift cards to pay it back. <laughs> <laughs> literally anyway anyway we got tori brown on the show today tori you want to introduce yourself you want to give them some of our history where do i start so as you know my name's tori i work with amanda we're both publicists i met amanda because me and my coworker blake we have a great section of like pop culture at our staff bestie blake bestie acquaintance blake because he'd be violating lately not he got down he rude he rude yeah and we had a we had a whole like cultural segment at our staff meeting that we talk about. And then randomly one day he's like, "Oh, there's this girl named Amanda who's gonna come in." I'm like, "I don't like new people, so oh, she better be." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "She better be. I better like her. She's out of here." And then she came in and immediately yeah, crazy. clicked. And I was like, "All right, damn, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. My I whole know, but- my whole job on the line. Here we are now, right? Oh. Next thing I knew, I'm playing video games. We're next to each other courtside." At the Nets game, courtside, you're in a bum. Yeah. Rides to riches in friendship terms. Rides to riches. It happened yeah. in five minutes. Two months. Italy feels like it. We don't even yeah. talk about it anymore. It's just a us thing. So Yeah. It's yeah. just us. Damn. Adam met Mr. Brown. And my dad. Yeah. <laughs> We've been for five oh, minutes and I already met her dad. That's crazy. We're moving quick. 
We're moving too slow quick. Down, chill. <laughs> not, not as quick. Not, not as quick as Tristan and 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 Chloe Kardashian though. Damn, so. Good segue. <laughs> Damn. Good segue. Transition a one. It just fit. Nah, today we want to talk about the Tom fuckery, not Tom foolery. Tom fuckery of Tristan Thompson because. If you don't know by now, this man is a fucking clown. Okay, he's fucking trash. But in in latest news, he got someone else pregnant, and by someone else, someone surprise, who is not surprise. Chloe. Her name is Marilee Nichols, allegedly his trainer. So she has denied the fact that she has ever been his trainer. Essentially, she accused him. NBA player. Of, okay, fair. Yes, Tristan <laughs> Thompson. Yeah, accused him of. Makes sense. You know, cheating on Chloe, that she's pregnant. Tristan did everything under the sun to deny this fucking rumor, talking about something that's not his kid. He need a paternity test. And it was kind of quiet, right? Up until then, like, Marilee was dropping, like, little facts and shit. Like, damn, you're not man enough to tell Travis that Drake slept with with Kylie? That's crazy. (laughs) Shout out to Drake. Yeah, yeah. So she don't give a fuck who she get involved in this mess. But all this to say, it was quiet for a little bit. And then all of a sudden... Tristan posts these two stories on Instagram, black screen, white text. The first one was that he took the <laughs> love paternity those, test. Love those stories. And he confirmed that he is, in fact, the father of this child. The second one was this half-ass apology to Khloe Kardashian about how he's so fucking sorry and that she deserves better. And the way he's treated her is not a reflection about how he feels about her. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The math is mathing. The math is mathing right there. We're going to get into the timeline of this relationship and everything (laughs) that's kind of happened in a little bit, but I just want to know what y'all think about this shit. Like, I just don't understand. I'm going to take it because I don't, because you know what gets me upset? You know what gets me mad? Is if you remember, and we'll probably get over this in the timeline, they tried to ruin a black queen by the name Jordan Woods for this man, this trash abomination man. And he is continuously and constantly just like disrespecting her publicly over and over again. It's, I'm not surprised. I laughed when I saw it. I'm not a Khloe Kardashian fan. And it's just how you get them is how you lose them. Cause he cheated on his pregnant wife at the time to get with Chloe. That's exactly so, it. Right. right. I don't know. Flacco B as, as well, B you're married. And so I just want to know your thoughts on this, but I also I want to know Flacco's thoughts on this too, being in a long-term relationship. Like how, how can a man, and yes, I'm singling y'all out as men. How can, how can a man find the, find himself in this situation? Like how, how can this be avoided? You got tips? Like, I just want to know. It seemed to be hard for Tristan. might be listening. So maybe help him out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just called keeping it in your pants and saying no. Yeah. I think, I think, Rule number one, don't be a dickhead. That, you know, yeah, yeah. straight up, don't be a dickhead. And uh, I think right after it is don't be a dickhead. So, like, if you stick by <laughs> those two rules, I think you'll be on the right track. And then if you ever forget those two rules, just, again, remember, don't be a dickhead. So, again, two rules and a remembrance. I mean, come <laughs> on. We see his name. We see his name more in TMZ headlines than on headlines on ESPN. And he's supposed to be a pro hooper. He's so so trash, bro. (laughs) He's so trash. What what are his stats this season? What are his stats? You know, we had to go find them. He's averaging 15 minutes, 6.3 points per game, followed by 5.4 rebounds per game. He's 6'10", though, right? He's 6'10", and he only getting five rebounds? And again, we are a pocket-watching pod. 
This man is getting paid <laughs> nine and a quarter million this year for doing absolutely nothing. So if his team wants to send me a paycheck for doing nothing as well, I well, will gladly send him a routing number. Is the Sacramento Kings. Meyer over there? The yeah, right. Kings. Uh, okay, the Kings, so the Kings. he's All right. he's in a void over there. Even better. Okay, my my thing is, yes, Tristan is trash, right? But at this point, I'm mad at Chloe because I'm just like, what are you? What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? If we were to look at the timeline of this relationship, and I'm going to do like uh-huh. really top level timeline. They start dating August 2016, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. As Tori stated, cheated on his ex with Chloe. His allegedly. ex was pregnant at the time, right? Yeah, allegedly. 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 Good start. Good start. Good start okay, to yeah. relationship. And, and I, I feel like people always say this, right? Like, if you like cheat with a cheater, right? And then they were you like... They're probably going to cheat on you too, right? Like, that's it. That's the tea. Some the people rule. think they're the exception, not the rule. Like, Chloe thought she was just like, <laughs> a girl. So that's what we are. We are. Okay. Okay. So whatever. Allegedly, they start dating in August 2016, right? September 2016, they already going on a couple vacation. They take their asses to Mexico, okay? And Shut they don't need to confirm nothing <clears> because <throat> the picture is worth a thousand words, okay? fast forward to november two months after their little their couple trip chloe confirms on jimmy kimmel live that she is in fact dating tristan thompson fuck jimmy kimmel side note yeah fuck jimmy kimmel for for this point in particular what i think is very interesting is that she announced it to the world right on tv but he doesn't meet the kardashian family until march 2017 so like six months after okay just just an interesting point then fast forward from march to august 2017 Chloe starts talking about in interviews how she is ready to settle down with him, this, that, and a third. She also is quoted right. saying, this is the best and healthiest relationship I've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, somebody <laughs> at her and send her that interview. Yo, yeah. <laughs> so then, you? So, so six months later, she's pregnant. That's when they confirm the pregnancy rumors. So she had to have been pregnant like, like four months, right? That's the rule? I don't know. No, that's right. <laughs> okay, yeah. So four months, she probably pregnant in, in December 2017. Fast forward April 2018. Okay. This is the first time Tristan Thompson cheats mm. on Chloe. And oh. this is all happening Uh-oh. around the time that she bought a pop out baby true. Okay. Like she true, she bought a <laughs> not true, Lord. <laughs> she it's it, okay. Isn't it funny that they named their kid true? It feels like an oxymoron, right? Like it's a mess. How, how do they okay. spell it? Just like T R U, like true, like true, like like the real word. So, I mean, Why didn't they baby with like that? Names, yo, they be doing them dirty. This baby gonna grow up and be like, "Mom, why did you name me true?" It should be the only thing true in this relationship. That baby's daddy a liar. He said, "Your daddy a liar," and I needed you to be true. <laughs> oh, yeah, as soon as she walked through them doors in the school, them boys gonna be like. oh my god all right so april 2018 he cheats the first time publicly that we find out about it right because who said he wasn't doing it this whole time okay true Mm -hmm. just one month later just one 30 days they are back together okay they're back together fast forward from may to september tristan gets caught cheating again okay number two that they're we know like, you know chloe is publicly you know posting these like in her feelings 
type <laughs> Instagram messages, like these quotes and shit. The type, the type that you would see on, you know, somebody, somebody from North Philly. You think about somebody from from the hood, just like posting all their business in cryptic messages on the Instagram, which story. I love. You know which I, which, shout out to those stories though, because I love. Uh, you know, if you're gonna tell the story, I'll be there to listen. But that's the thing. I feel like when people do that, they're not really trying to tell you the story. They want you to know that they got some shit going on. But then you ask them, I don't really feel like talking about it right now. That's the equivalent to the hospital bracelet. They'll just post like their hospital bracelet. Like, <laughs> bracelet and you're like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm just like not in a good space. D&D. Like, shut up. Shut up. That's, what, that's exactly what I mean. All right. So Chloe, Chloe on that type of time. Okay. That's September 2018. February 2019. He cheats. Chloe is alone on Valentine's Day and he's in some club flirting with girls. And then in the same month, in the same month, cheats with Jordan Woods. Or I'm sorry, did he cheat or was it that he was coming on to her and Jordan is too good for his dirty ass? And she was like, chill out. So what happened was <clears throat> on site, ready to go. So what happened was I was there. No. Um, so apparently allegedly. They like he was flirting with her all the time and stuff like that. And then she went to his party. And then on the way out, I guess he said, This is my moment and like kissed. <laughs> and then she was like, Why would you do that? And then she went and told them, like, Tristan kissed me and stuff. And they were like, So you kissed him. And then that's where it all went down. Like, what, man, that shit made me mad. Like, I know these so Kardashians crazy. like appropriating the fuck out of black culture. Okay appropriating the fuck and then being like oh so you did this bet like they 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 volunteered her as tribute because with with i see with a lot of women it's easier to sacrifice the woman that he cheated on you with because it's like you did something like my man would never do that to me even though he did it two times allegedly like he would never do that and but we obviously want to be alone so she's like okay well i can't get rid of him so it's got to be you then and they all just followed suit man yeah chris was behind everyone with the gun like you better fucking do this right now we're getting hella clicks right the now the devil works hard but chris jenner works harder <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> for auntie and uncle jada and will smith who gathered her yes fuck <laughs> and she's been a she's been a queen ever since like like they were like no no you ain't gonna do that to her and the most it. anticipated and i think like I don't know if it's the most viewed anymore after mm-hmm. after Jada's uh entanglement. <laughs> entanglement. Thank you. I was like her situationship. Nah, that wasn't it. Entanglement. I haven't um, looked at Will the same. I haven't looked at Will the same way I used to. Will been at out him. of pocket recently, man. The same <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, not the Fresh Prince, man. Man, that's not dog, <laughs> yo. It's like Jada wake up every day and she's just like, how am I fuck with him today? No, how am I gonna right? Like, <laughs> I love Tupac more. Literally, right. We'll be eating that shit though. He be eating them them punches. Well, they have open... much. Nigga, throw one back. <laughs> they have an open relationship, so I feel like they're both doing like the dumb shit. But Jada's one just keeps getting caught up because she's like hooking up with like her son's best friend who has a failing career and made a song, and now here we are. Like he's hooking people like who are like NDAs. Like don't say anything. Shout out August Alcina. Shout out. That song he had was hot mm-hmm. when he was. No, not shout out. No shout out. Yeah, no yeah, shout out. No <laughs> shout out. I'm sorry. No shout out. Also, question, question. Like, deciding note with August Alcina. Wasn't he in a wheelchair the whole time he was messing with Jada? No, he was just like. <sighs> <sick>. <laughs> 
Like, what? What attracted her? The rims? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, oh man. The only reason I'm laughing at that is not because it's funny that he was in a wheelchair. I mean, honestly, the reason I was about to say that I was laughing, honestly, is not funny. So, I'm just uncomfortable, I think, because if he was, in fact, in a wheelchair and he's her son's best friend, like she old as shit, taking advantage of the situation. Like, I'm only laughing because I'm uncomfortable because I cannot believe that she got away with this. Like, I just... No, she's a predator. <laughs> she's a predator, Allegedly. Right? 1000%. Allegedly. 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 And, and, and predator behavior is not funny. I'm just really awkward and I didn't know how else to react to that comment. What the wheelchair comment? <laughs> yeah, it was a rims um, comment for me. <laughs> I yeah. seen I seen that and he was in a bonnet in the interview and I was like, "This the man." <laughs> I'm about to hop on to Spotify. What was that one song? I feel like it was very no. There, there was time. a song before his Jada song that I really fucked with. Oh man, I love this shit. Oh oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah, that's the one. No that shout I, that's why I said shout no out. That's shout out. Shout out because I like that song. I liked with a D. Past tense. Past tense. Past tense. Past tense. Shout out. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't mean to derail us and get us start started talking about Will and Jada. It just she made me so mad. It's the same kind of anger I feel when I think about Selena and I think about Yolanda Saldivar and how Fuck Yolanda, yo. And no matter where I'm I so am, mad. no matter where I am, that's how I feel about on site regardless yeah because nah i recently saw a tiktok where somebody used the audio from mean girls when regina george is writing in the book and the burn book she is a fugly yeah so it's, it's this audio this hispanic girl angry as shit like writing in the book and she's like taping a picture but you can't see it the whole time and then it's yolanda saldivar and then my, my anger level was up here Auto-homie unsolicited yolanda Unsolicited. My blood Yo. pressure just went up. My hands shaking. I'm ready to lose it you know on your not, not like... Selena. Anything for Selena's. Back to our original topic of of Chloe and Tristan. He he did this to her so many times, and she looked dumb as shit every time. We were talking about this a little bit earlier, but the first time, all right, like maybe maybe we could work it out. The second time, bro, you think he changing? And then every time after that, that's why I'm mad at Chloe. Like, you mean I don't feel you mean bad for her? Are you trying to say if you mess up over and over and over again and that person doesn't change, you you mean they're not just gonna flip one day? You know, that's exactly what I think I'm saying. I feel like the other thing is genius. Genius. Right. You might have unlocked some shit right there, man. I don't know. So it's just like that shit, that shit irked me. And then for him to be outperforming his stats in his personal life, but underperforming his stats. In his basketball career, like, what type of time he on? His priorities, all types of fucked up. I think that's a perfect segue into our next kind of pop culture fuckery. Kevin Porter Jr. We're following this this sports trend this week, like Flacco says. So, B, tell us tell us what's up with with Kevin Porter Jr. So, Kevin Porter Jr. is uh, obviously another basketball player for the Houston Rockets. Uh, recently, he got into a mid game. I wouldn't say like scuffle, but a verbal altercation with the assistant coach, John Lucas. I don't know what was said. Nobody knows what was said, but the altercation led into KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr. Snapping, throwing stuff, and he just left the game. Mid-game, just left. So, you know, obviously the the analysts, everybody's like tearing into him saying like, 
you know, he has anger management issues. And Christian Woods left the game too because of with the assistant coach. Christian Wood, I don't really care about. He he's like on a different team every bum year. Alert. He's a bum. A bum. <laughs> bum alert. But one thing that that's being like, I guess the norm now with, with sports media is that anytime a player has a meltdown or is arguing with the coach, the coach is never held accountable. It's always like the player's dirty dishes get thrown out there. Like, oh, KPJ has anger management issues. KPJ, he's always like, you know, being defiant to the coaches and whatnot. So what do y'all think about Kevin Porter Jr.? Do you think that like, it's okay for the analyst to do that, to throw like his, maybe his mental health struggles out there as like an excuse or I mean, before... Before we share any opinions, I just want to make sure it's clear to Flacco that Kevin Porter Jr. plays for the Houston Rockets, and not the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure. I was waiting for that. Well, because you said, yeah, he plays for the Houston Rockets, obviously. And I was like, that shit is not obvious to everybody. Flacco over here, like, yeah, dude who plays for the for the Cavaliers. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you like a subtle talk job. to the research team. That ain't on me, guys. I'm just all right, saying. all right. Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, I mean, is he having mental health struggles? Like, is that a thing that's like happening? Ben Simmons type ones or like? Well, they're saying like, that what is the scale <laughs> we're working on? Because like it starts at a Ben Simmons one and then it goes up from there. Yeah, no, they said that he's like always in anger management classes and whatnot. He's had these issues before with other coaches. So, I mean, I don't know if the coach did overstep, but I think that's a kind of like a thing with the younger generation now that's coming into the league. It's like they're now being more vocal and and a lot of them are like chasing clout. Like they're following like the, you know, the AB standard where there's just like, oh, I'm I'm the guy on the court. Like I'm the main guy. You guys have to do anything I say. It's always like it's always this either the the player has a huge ego or the coach has a bigger ego. And that's been a thing for years. And now players are calling the coaches out for it. So, like, what do you what do y'all think? So he was suspended as a result, right, for one game, right. both he, he and suspended. Christian Wood, which yep. ended up working in our favor because their next game was against the Sixers and we destroyed the fuck out of them. We ran right through them. All that aside, like, don't make without... this about you. Don't make this about you. Just sub separating my biases here. If he's really having mental health struggles, then he really need to get his shit together. Like, take some time for himself. And that's the thing. I don't much, I don't know much about Kevin Porter Jr.'s history with other teams. Like I've heard like these little rumors, like media articles and shit about him. But to be honest, we can't always trust media articles because right. people they be saying one thing and what actually happened is another thing. I really hope that if he is struggling with mental health, that he does get the help that he needs. Coming from like a, a third party perspective, though, you can't just walk out on your fucking job. Like you no, can't. You can't. You can't. And I feel like there's another layer to this too, right? So I'm thinking about this from a professional lens. You cannot walk out on your job. Like you can't. You are getting paid to do something. If any of us did some shit like that, they get rid of us in 0.2 seconds. That's Mm -hmm. it. On site, like without a doubt. But I also feel like there's another layer to this too. Like, and it's a little bit different because the MBA is obviously very different than like a regular person's job. But like, thinking about like the the perception of him being a black man in the league like would the same thing happen if like a Kevin Love did this do you know what I mean because I remember a couple seasons ago he was being a real jackass and not wanting to play but Mm -hmm. the narrative was very different right so those are my like top line thoughts no I think those are I think those are fair I think 
<clears throat> I think I have really like two points on it. One, we're pretty already into the season. So you know how your coaches are at this point. Like, you know, you know how one coach is, if they're overly aggressive with shit. You know, if one coach is the kind of player coach who's going to be buddy buddy and not really come at you, but suggest things like, you should know that by now. And you've been with this staff from the beginning of the year, a couple months now. Like you're not surprised that Lucas said what he said, because that's coach. He does what he does. I do think, I mean, that doesn't excuse the behavior if he says something wildin', but I mean, you're still, you signed a contract to play ball. You have to fulfill those like requirements, like sitting at on the court for a full game, like not just like crying about something and leaving. Like, what is that proven? Like, They're not gonna what run was your, your end goal? If you do that, Ben Simmons is a perfect what's, example. <laughs> my shit is like, what's the end goal? Like, what are you really getting out of throwing a tantrum on the court? Like, what I do mean, you get out of that? I I agree with what everybody's saying about how it's like you know your coach, you can't just leave, and I think that's extremely important. Like, we can't. I just can't close my laptop and call it a day. N- nobody right. can just you know. I, I I need to get paid. I do my job. But I feel like there's like a narrative when it comes to coaches because I play sports my whole life and the coach at the benefit doubt because like I'm doing everything I'm doing to make you better. But I've been in multiple situations where the coach is taking it too far. Like and it's like now, even though you're trying to push me to be better, that's not right. You need to be held accountable for that because that's inappropriate. I don't think you should have walked off. I think you should have played and this could have been handled on the back end, like off of it and been like, you're wrong. I'm wrong. Whoever's wrong, let's figure out. Because everyone's their own coaching style, their own playing style. Mm. But if we're gonna be successful, something has to give. So I feel right. like that could have been the solutions of you throwing things and storming off and being a clown. I think there's a players union for a reason. They have yep. representatives to handle like you know mm-hmm. discrepancies with management, with ownership, with coaching staff. Like it's all there, and each team has a spokesperson for the union. So there were avenues he could go through that would benefit him. And again, the media takes one thing and just runs with it. Like they'll push whatever bullshit will get a click. So like, again, his agent, like his PR people, I mean, they got to put that in his head. Like, yo, the narrative is going to turn bad on the player every single fucking time, every time. Um, But I don't know. It's a tough situation, but if he's really going through shit, we've already seen it in multiple sport leagues. Most managements and ownerships are cool with players taking mental breaks. Like that's now accepted in sports. So I think yeah. if it's for real, take your time. If this was just a stunt because you were mad coach at some wildin', I don't know. But I don't know if we'll ever get 100% of the story with the way we get news and media from sports, you know. Probably not, because the thing about it, too, it, it sucks for players at that level to, to be vulnerable because it, you can yeah. never be that vulnerable and it'd be a good thing, especially now. Ever since he's done that, uh, they had a game against the Wizards and one of the announcers, Glenn Consort, he spoke about KPG in the game or KPJ in the game. I think he hit like a, he hit a shot and then the announcer just goes, you got to give credit to Kevin Porter Jr. Like his daddy pulled that trigger right uh, right at the right time. Cause his dad's in jail for shooting somebody. It's just like, like that's unnecessary. Was. Like just, just when somebody, what? yeah, man. He, he, announced well, he made an announcement saying that he confused his dad with somebody else who was like another great player. She's like, oh, I was talking about how they both consistently <clears throat> trigger. That's too cool. It's too close oh, that you're making that comment, and then his dad's like, he <laughs> shot a fourteen-year-old girl. Like, and this there's is a thousand. What I mean, like, like there's layers to this shit, like as a black man like i'm pretty sure that the the commentator is white right 
Yeah, he's white. Yeah, and there's like another layer to it, and something that that Flaco said like really resonated too. Like whenever the media writes about this shit, the narrative is to go against the player, right? One hundred percent. And we're seeing we're seeing the same shit happen right now with Antonio Brown. I mean, obviously he's got a history of like shenanigans and shit, but like we're seeing the same exact treatment happen with Antonio Brown. Yep. I mean, yeah. if we're on that, let's talk about Antonio Brown. We need another segues. A1. I mean, the, that segue was so good. I almost stopped. I was through. I'm, I'm not even bro. cutting this extra commentary out because y'all exactly. see, y'all see what I'm doing here. I got assist on assist on assist, and that's it. I missed the dunk though. That alley we keeping above this. Yeah, a fast there was break. a short pause. Like I'm not gonna cut the pause out so y'all know how long it took him to catch the ball. I'm screaming. That's all right. I mean, I'm a little rusty, but uh, yeah, let's talk about Antonio Brown. So again, if you haven't seen it, I feel like most people have seen because this has hit major, major news like Good Morning America. I saw it on. So it's hit national news, but Antonio Brown losing to the Jets and the Jets Bucks game kind of loses his marbles on the sideline for allegedly Coach Arians uh, kicking him off the field or cutting him in the middle of the game. Uh, He takes off his pads. There's a video of him talking with Mike Evans. Mike Evans tries to convince him not to do whatever he's going to do. Mike Evans eventually does a little turn. is like, well, whatever. Antonio Brown takes his pads off, throws them, and just cuts through the field. Allegedly, it all stemmed from Bruce Arians allegedly cutting him mid-game. But Antonio Brown also kind of came back and said, well, no, it's because I, I was hurt. I was injured. He takes off his shoulder pads. Cuts through the field mid kind of play during the <laughs> during the game, runs to the locker room, and that's really all we see. Right after we see a video with one of his drivers, allegedly in the video, he says this is going to be great for my Netflix special. Alleged that there's <laughs> a Netflix special a in the work. Instagram while he waited for his ride. <laughs> he, he you know, but from the New Jersey Jets stadium, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Went to the Nets game the next evening. I'm assuming oh he stayed God. in New York, but wait, yeah, no, I got I got an answer for that. He did stay in New York, didn't he, Tori? He stayed in the New York, wait, New Jersey pause. area. So I'm in, I live in New Jersey and I got a text like former Buccaneer player Antonio Brown at Society Lounge and I come get you a table, bottle. T-. I'm like, wait, should I get the exclusive interview for the podcast? Oh my God. <laughs> He's vibing. He's here. This apparently unbothered could do appearances in a couple of days. All right. Well, now the narrative has turned very much between the Bucks organization versus Antonio Brown. Both sides have made statements. Antonio Brown was on a podcast explaining kind of his side of the story. Um, personally, I think Antonio Brown, based on his track record with four other teams, he's had an outburst or a sudden change or they don't got me attitude after something happens. Um, that doesn't go his way for the Bucks. It was the fake vaccination card um, with the Raiders. He didn't even play for him. He kind of lied his way out of a contract over there. Pittsburgh. I mean, he pissed off Mike Tomlin, who's a legend in the game, like and also Bill Belichick up in New England. Track record's not great, regardless of whatever happened on the sideline. Again, dude, you're an, like you could have just walked into the tunnel with your jacket over your head. And everyone would have said, oh, he's maybe going for an x-ray. Oh, maybe he's this, that, and a third. But you made a show out of it. You made a show. You did it on purpose. You had to. It's that he really stripped down and was waving to people. Throwing the deuces up the whole way. I think his execution was horrific, right? 
But and the thing is, like, I feel like Antonio Brown's been a clown, like you said. You got a track record just being a clown, right? So it's like I feel like, and he stood on it though. Like one thing about Antonio Brown is like he's like, I'm gonna be a clown. I'm gonna have a wig in the nose. Like I'm gonna be a clown, right? And <laughs> yeah. this is like one of the one few times that he's like, but wait a minute, there's something wrong here, right? And I feel like this is the one time that he really laid on like all down and was like providing receipts and going against yeah. them. And I feel like the Buccaneers, from a PR standpoint. They're like, this is an easy, this is an easy battle yeah. because of credibility. Like everyone's gonna bring up his track record. But if you look past that narrative and what they're trying to paint him as, he's the only one who's like, um, you said you didn't do it. Here's a full text who being like, okay, I know you're injured, we'll work with you, but let's also chat. Again, same thing as KBJ. You can't just storm off, you can't take your shirt off and dance in the end zone and make a spectacle and post on Instagram because I'm more inclined to listen to the Buccaneers, but I feel like there's yeah. a lot of rights and a lot of wrongs in this situation. And he's at the Society Lounge tomorrow, too. So I must stop by. I 100% agree with you. 100% because, like, not having seen this go down live and reading about it after, and I was like, damn, that man at it again. Why is he doing this? Like, CTE is so real. And ever since that Vontae Burfitt hit. Ever the, since uh, that hit, he, he haven't been yeah. the same. It's really not even funny. Like it's really fucked up. Like football is a very dangerous sport. But that's what I'm saying. Like having read about it after, like, damn, there go that man. He doing his same shit. But the fact that he really came out and was what's it called? What's the word? Transparent? No, he was it was it's a verb. He oh, got it. The fact that he came out and was denying everything that the buccaneers were putting out <laughs> wait what word Buc- wait what was the word you were denying looking is the word okay <laughs> but i was thinking more, more like deny refute Got like it. deny wasn't it but that was just like oh that means the same thing as what i'm trying to say mm. i don't want okay first of all mm. i was i was fumbling for the words tori making faces at me and unacceptable because i was listening focus. for the verb i'm like what is what got her this fucked up and it was the word deny <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god listen one time i for at the top of the podcast i was trying to do intros and i forgot both of these men's names and I, oh my god i was so hurt because i'm like i grew up with you <laughs> like we were in the trenches you and i like, like, he said we're blood like, um, it ain't even like our names are attached to our zoom faces or whatever but like right. that you mean not <laughs> she forgot to read too <laughs> it was not my proudest moment like my brain my, i had panic eyes and my brain was like oh my god i don't know what they're called i've seen the fear in their eyes she's just <laughs> anyway because antonio brown came out and denied these rumors i was just like all right and he came out denied it bruce arian still was just like nah that's bullshit i've never heard of it and the fact that antonio brown went and posted receipts like this is exactly why i don't fuck with white people this is exactly why because they'll take somebody like antonio brown and scapegoat them for their own benefit and that's fucked up and it happens not just in sports it happens honestly everywhere any workplace where you find a, a, a brown or black person they i guarantee there's at least one who's been in a similar scenario be a scapegoated mm-hmm. i i, I kind of like stuck on the fence with it only because like me like Tori, like I, I play sports like all through high school and whatnot and even playing football i think when you're in that, that moment like when it's crunch time and like the playoffs are, are that important when you're injured and you play that big of a role on the team, it, it's going to be hard for coaches. And especially when emotions are high, it's going to be hard for coaches to kind of just be like, Oh, he's injured. 
out. Like we're, we're, we're done with it. So the text, I, I don't think the text did much for me. I still think AB's the clown. I, I 100% still think he's a clown. I don't think Bruce Arians, like, <laughs> it's just, it's a fact, bro. Like, I don't know. We all agree he's a clown. It's just like, no, was he, was he boo-boo the fool this time? Like, it's like, was this? Yeah, was he boo? Was he boo-boo? I still think he's, he's boo-boo the fool. Only because Bruce Arians did nothing wrong. Like, when he just said, okay, well, let's just talk about it. Because I think when he's saying, like, let's talk about it, I think he's trying to create a plan of action. Like, okay, what, what's your timetable of return? If you're really injured, like, okay, let's just sit you out. You know, it's kind of hard to read, you know, do those things over text. So if they talk about it face-to-face rather than doing everything over text, like, it, it might look wrong. So I don't think Bruce Arians was wrong. I don't think he was wrong, but I think they both went about it was wrong. Because Bruce Arians going going ahead and saying, like, nah, he's no longer on the team after that. Publicly, it was kind of just like, all right, bro. I, I will say, though, yeah. if I didn't have that context – of like him being injured and shit, which I do think that Bruce Arian did, did know, but I'm saying like me as an individual, like before knowing that and before the, the publishing of the receipts, I would have cut his ass too. How you not gonna fucking leave the field in the middle and like take he was your- cut, He was cut before he, before he left the field. Like he was saying that mm. they were talking cause he was saying like, you need to play. And he was like, but my ankle. And then he apparently yelled in his face, you're cut, you're done. Yeah. And that's what he Oh, was- okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I was see, thinking more like the press conference. Oh, God, I got yeah, it, I got see? it. Oh, but I think an interesting thing, though, is that this is where I get stuck. Do I really pick this big organization where players are just workers or the player here? Because the Bucks didn't officially release him until almost midweek. They were holding on to him. Mm -hmm. And the rumors around was like they didn't want him to go to another team or a potential playoff opponent. So this is what I'm thinking. So what do y'all know? What does the Bucks organization know about this said injury, the said workings of the contract? In this situation, I think I'm taking A.B.'s back, although the way he went about it was shit. And, you know, nine out of ten times, I'm going to be like, yeah, A.B.'s a clown. He's a fucking loser half the time. But I don't know if I could sit here and say I'm going to defend the Buccaneers organization. Nah, I'm not defending Also forced Gronk to play injured, Leonard Fournette to practice injured, Godwin to play injured. There's a track record with the Bucs forcing their players or putting that pressure on to play through injury. So, again, AB's not my dude, but I think maybe in this situation, his reps kind of fucked up his credibility overall with everyone um, i agree but i, I think i think it's also just like the nature of sports like i have to agree it's just like and it's 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 one of those ugly nasty truths right like no one should be able to play injured no one should be forced to play injured but like you said like if you play such a pivotal role in playoffs or at our neck like unfortunately someone's gonna be like how bad is your ankle like like, like you know like we're gonna yeah, like start trying it's to like always move- gonna be like that yeah and that's just yeah. like an unfortunate truth and any other time players will be like okay you're right and they'll play injured. But then, like, it's the one time it goes bad that they're like, no, you did this to me. But if they didn't get injured, yep. it would have been, I'm a, I, look what I did. No bones yeah. in my ankle. It's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like, so I think that's at just. The, yeah. At the end of the day, what I feel like it really comes down to, and this is, like, a theme and, like, advice that I got forever ago. I mentioned it on one of our, like, previous episodes when we were talking about some of the best advice you've gotten. Nobody's looking out for you. Like, you're looking out for you. <clears throat> 
And at the end of the day, it's like Flacco said, I'm not going to support this giant ass organization. I got all this money, all these resources, like the organization, the Bucks, they're going to be looking out for the Bucks. They don't give a fuck. Like all the players are workers. All the Bucks care about is success. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's what it comes down to. And it's the same, it's the same thing at any other job. Like here I go with another segue. You know what I'm saying? Here I go with another segue. Like talking about being black or brown at work. Like I mentioned it before, like only you got your back. Nobody else care about you like you care about you. Nobody looking out for you the way you looking out for you. Speak on that shit. This is the same shit that happens to to brown and black folks at work. I'm dead. Listen, I'm dead ass. Like at the end of the day, regardless of where you work, the organization, the company, they they care about them first. That's right. I got the chopper out. Okay. They only care. They only care about themselves. So at the end of the day, you have to make sure that you're good. And this is like a conversation that I feel like needs to be had because a lot of times I feel like, at least for me, the first time I faced any type of adversity at work and it was directly tied to the color of my skin, that shit was, it was new to me. And I didn't know how I was supposed to take it. I didn't know if it was like in my head. I didn't know if it was valid. Was I overreacting? I didn't know. Like, I felt like I needed to seek out somebody else who was like me in order to validate that. And this happens to folks every day at work, every day. So I want to give the floor to y'all, like, to talk about your experiences, like, being Black or Brown at work. This is my moment. Because uh, I could go on for days. Um, As you can all tell, I'm Black. And I think that going into the corporate space as a Black woman was the biggest, like, backhand slap across my face that I've ever experienced in life. I think it's, like, my parents don't only work in the corporate space. Like, my mom works with, like, quality control and pharmaceuticals. And my dad's, like, a corrections officer. So, like, like, in their spaces, it's not like that at all. And I walked into the workspace thinking I'm going to be evaluated on my performance and my performance solely. But that's not what happens when I walk into, you know, offices and my workspace and I'm the only black person there. And there's only five black people across my entire office and the rest other, you know, 160 of you are just all white. So you and I don't think people realize like how many like nuances and things that being black or brown in the workspace affects. Like when you asked what I did this weekend, you don't know what I'm watching. You don't know what power is. You don't know what the, what events I'm doing or what I'm celebrating or what holidays I'm doing. And you don't feel the need to learn it either because everybody around you is like you. And it's just so many things. Like my job, they had a probation program. Why are the only people on probation Black people? And all the Black people are like 10 years of experience. They have two master's degrees. Like all of them are inadequate. All of them don't know what they're doing. Or is it just a lack of understanding? And HR is useless at jobs. A a lack of understanding and honestly, probably like intimidation too, right? Something I I, I found, I've been, I've been in the, in the PR industry at this point. What year is it? It's 2022 Mm -hmm. for six years now, six years now I've been in this industry and I feel like my first taste of, of the PR industry, I thought maybe it was an anomaly, right? Like I go to this PR um, agency in Atlanta. And at first I thought it was fine. And then, you know, little stuff, little stuff starts happening. I see other people get treated differently. I'm a little bit older than the people who are my level. I'm a little bit more experienced, maybe not in the traditional PR agency, but I have some PR experience, right? 
I'm still an intern. I'm making below minimum wage as an intern. They keep stringing me along with like promotion, promotion. And it's just like, no, like I never get the promotion or I'm excited about the promotion. And then somebody else finds out on my team that I'm getting promoted. And all of a sudden it's taken away from me because I shouldn't have said anything type of thing. It's like, it's really, it's really something, right? So I'm thinking, okay, isolated incident, isolated. I'll leave Atlanta. I'll go back to Boston. Boston is one of those cities that is high key, low key racist. And when I say high High key, key, when I say high key, low key, I mean, Boston is marketed as one of the most progressive cities for who, (laughs) for who, and this is like, you know, obviously I'm, I'm biased when it comes to sports, but like Boston as a whole is not a progressive city. Boston is one of the most racist cities in this country. It's just one of those things that they think because, oh, like we love the gays, we, you know, we care about healthcare. Like that don't mean shit. It's only progressive for white people, dead ass. Like it's really crazy. I, I mentioned this too, cause I go to work to, at another PR agency in Boston and I find myself co-leading diversity efforts in the Boston office, like of this agency. And the reason I did that is not because I feel super passionately about diversity, equity, and inclusion, which of course I do. But the thing is, is like, just because I'm black and Hispanic, that shouldn't have to be my job just because I fall within that category. But I found myself in that role because it's like, nobody else gives a fuck enough to put the effort in to make sure that there's diversity, like not me getting into it with the general manager of that office, asking why there's no black people like hired into this office, why every new hire is white. And they were just like, Oh, well, you know, there's just not a lot of black people in Boston. That's that. That's what she said to me. And I was just like, huh? Where like, are where are you? What do you mean? Where are you looking? Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Because our sister agency, two floors up from us, literally had so many employee resources they had one for asians they had one for hispanics they had one for black folks like it was crazy how like the difference in diversity between the two offices under the same parent company like on top of that just experiencing like a ton of microaggressions that folks allegedly don't even know are microaggressions like i used to have long hair i shaved my head and the executive vice president of my practice seven it's like 7 30 in the morning i always got there early so i could dip early so I get there and tell me why she goes oh my god Amanda you cut your hair and runs both her hands through my hair at 7 30 in the morning what's the fuck I'm like you use your white hand to touch me right <laughs> Them like dirty ass hands though it's shit like that and it, yeah it, I experience shit like this at every at every single agency that I've been at it's not it's not just one place, you know, like it's every fucking job I've had, except for the one where I work for the state government because I was working with brown and black folks. Yeah, I think something that both of y'all just touched on and like whether it's the nuances of a space or the microaggressions, whenever you're in a predominantly white space, I feel like there is a level of survival um, and I'm going to call it survival where you figure out how shit works. You see through a lot of shit you kind of let a lot of those things that, you know, piss you the fuck off, whether it's a backhanded compliment or some passive aggressive statement. And you know, the reason behind it is either you just don't know who I am. It's racially motivated, or you see me as a threat within the workspace. Cause that's the reality of being in a predominantly white workspace. 
being black and brown, you are the minority, you are the different, you are the competition. And I think that, and to give context to me, I work in the education field. So, you know, one of the biggest weapons when going into a white space is code switching. You know, I talk a certain way with the homies, with the friends, but as soon as I'm in a professional space or I know a predominantly white space, yeah, my tone's going to change. A lot of the words I use in my vocabulary on my everyday change, I might elevate some of the words I use because I know that's the way I survive in the space. You know, I work at a school that's 99% black and brown population, but the staff is only, you know, 15 to 20% black brown. So even in spaces that should be dominated by, you know, black and brown um, workers, um, career members, et cetera, it's still a predominantly white space. And I think overall, it's just kind of figuring out where your safety spot is. And a lot of us find other POCs, other minorities, other people, because we know, hey, we don't got to, we can kind of skip through all that bullshit and go right because we know we have that mutual understanding. Or like when you see those memes that like, when that white person at work say something crazy and you instantly lock eyes with the person and you're like, you motherfucker just say that shit? Like, they thought that was funny. They thought it was cute. But it's things like that. And, you know, that's why I call it a survival tactic because we all adjust to it. Like, whether we experienced it from, like, childhood and our teens because I went to a predominantly white institution for high school and college. And it's like, I've kind of just learned. And then it kind of graduated to the workspace. I knew, hey, it was like this in college probably gonna be like this in the quote-unquote real world so I think it's just like we all hit it at certain times but it all turns into a survival tactic how can I get mine and I always say how can I finesse how can I get where I need to be using x y and z to get there and I think that's important especially for you know all of us working professional jobs in our certain environments that are all white dominated I think it's important to always just like yeah I'm doing this for me and again, I even look at it like I'll look out for the teachers, the black and brown teachers more than I look out for the white because the shit is hard. You know, mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a lot of pressure. And a lot of us, you know, we don't talk about it. We just kind of like, damn, that shit was drawling. Damn, that shit was crazy. But at least when you have somebody to like bounce it off of or like that shared experience, I think that helps in these workspaces when you can have that shared experience, that same connectivity with stuff. It's like even like the yeah. things that I even like think about like they like were like bragging about how they secured like a black business and they wanted to like highlight um, some some part of black history and black culture and the team that presented and pitched the idea is all white. Why? Right. Why? <laughs> like like with all these black people who are so educated and talented and you said I'm gonna get Stacy, Marissa, Dana. Like why didn't you think to pull anybody else? who could actually give you more context oh and made God. even a better concept because who knows better black culture than someone who's black who lives right. it. Right. It's almost it's- like you got to like overly prove your like contribution to something. Like, you got to work yeah. double, double as hard or twice as hard. And it's like to She's even be credible or like, yeah. Or to even have your opinion valued the same way as someone else. Oh yeah. You said that like a month or two ago, this new group of white folks brought up the same topic. Then you see action happening. It's like, mm-hmm. Was was me saying it not enough for you? Was it not valid enough? I think also what's a slap in the face is just like the fear. We talked about like, oh, you might be afraid or intimidated of me, right? I remember I would just walk in the kitchen because we had the best chewy bars. You cannot find s'mores chewy bars anywhere, right? But we had them <laughs> in the kitchen. So every morning I would make my coffee and go to s'mores chewy bar. And I would always run into other people in the kitchen, which is normal. You work here, I work here. 
But when I walk in, why are you suddenly tense? Why are you suddenly clutching your lunch bag? Why are you now shuffling to right. put your, your salad in the fridge? I what am I, am I gonna beat you up in the kitchen? Am I gonna hold right. you at gunpoint? I'm about to fall into Tori's hands right now. You about to catch him? Like, we both work at the same job. We're both qualified to be here. But when we're walking down the hall and I say, and you see me, you'll make a sharp right to not say hi to me. Or you'll, you know, look afraid. Like, like like that tight white people smile they do when they're like, already called the police. They're just like, and they just keep moving. It's like, they already called the police. That's crazy. Or you'll see that person i remember i used to work at like a, a corporate office and mm-hmm. i was heating up my food and some dude comes up he's like that smells good what are you making tacos oh no swear to god, i swear to god i was just like um what and he was just like no nah, man it just smells like really flavorful and i'm like bro it's just some fucking pasta like <laughs> chill oh out my god. like not even anywhere close like not even anywhere close like but i feel like it was almost just one of those things where he just wanted to get it off like as a joke and like he smiled like thinking it was funny and then when i looked at him and i was like no bro like that's just not funny like when you make slick jokes like that it's just not funny at all but i feel like it's a safe space for them in like the corporate world where they feel like they're entitled to say like certain things and they won't get caught like i I think you handled it well i feel like when you like hit them with the well why would you say that why would it be tacos Mm-hmm. right oh hey man i'm just uh, like no why oh no what the fuck are you saying like and it's worse for me because like i don't i don't have a degree like i kind of just worked my way up to i worked in the food industry a good majority of my life for about six years until i got into like the corporate workspace and ever since that like i've always had to find like to prove myself even without having a degree they're like oh so what do you do what did you do uh do before this like what's your what's your resume say like, are you qualified to work here? Do you have a degree? And it's just like, no, I don't have it, but I can outperform X, Y, and Z. And it's, it, I always have to prove myself. One is young. And then two, it's I'm black and Hispanic. And then three, I don't have a degree. And like, I, I feel like I don't have a voice sometimes. Like immediately in interviews, like the first thing they'll say is like, oh, so you don't have a degree, um, but you speak Spanish though. And that, that's like the only thing they'll hit on. Bro, but they won't see anything else besides that's that. crazy they won't see anything oh, else besides that, that. It's, just, it's just the spanish part it's like oh you speak spanish so you get a pay raise i'm like yeah no i'm I'm happy that I speak because that's my culture and that's my language and all that good stuff but i also know how to run excel i also know how to work spreadsheets i also know how to do x y and z like spanish isn't my only tool right. like it's it's a added right. plus you're gonna have to teach me yo i can't fuck with excel that's not no, that's, that's not shit. my shit yeah, it's I'll be hitting the YouTube huh? tab, YouTube to figure anything out. Right. But it's shit that I taught myself to, to succeed in these areas, man. And like, right. I, you know, if I don't, if I don't have any of the stuff that like corporate white corporate America is asking for, like, I essentially just don't have a voice. Like, even if my resume says otherwise, like, I just, I can't speak up. And that's just, I will sudden. say it feels like that with or without a degree. I have a degree and it doesn't change the discrimination and and my experience at work like it just doesn't matter and honestly like a, a degree is a piece of fucking paper like ha- right. nobody has ever asked me to see my degree <laughs> no i agree my dad always said like 
it's so funny my dad he's from like Trent and like even though he's like successful that's never left him right and that's the kind of person you want to be like just always his roots so like, every time like I'd be in school and I'm in my master's program right now my dad's like at the end of the day tour you're still a nigga so always remember that never forget no matter <laughs> any degrees you get he's not ruined, right, right? Uh, but period I, and the thing is like I think what's interesting is that also at my previous job I um I went to my master's program and like my classes started at five and I had work until five. So I'm like, okay, someone's got to shake. So I drafted this whole proposal for my team. I'm like, hi guys, you know, I know work ends at five and class starts at five. Would I be able to log off like 445? Cause I'll work from the Seton Hall campus. I'll start work an hour early to make up for the last 15 minutes I'm missing. Um, and I'll work in the library all day. You don't have to worry about it. Just want let you guys know so you didn't think that I was, you know, wherever I was. And my boss goes, okay sounds good would you mind putting this in an email for me and then send it to me and then like my two other vps on the team so i draft out this email i included a map of seton hall campus being like i'll be in the library it is a four minute walk to my class if you need anything after my class at 7 20 i'm here doing over and beyond thinking this is like, the, wow. this is the life of a black and brown person Thank you. at work like always overcompensating always working above expectation I'm you're gonna say wow tori really thought about how she can continue to be an asset to this company and we're even happy we're just happy that you're going to get your master's shout out to you queen i was wrong I then get an email response <laughs> getting dragged to hell by my entire team. They're saying like, um, first, do you think you can handle going for your master's and working at the same time? Secondly, what? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. On mom, on my mother, Gloria, right? Two. Gloria, go, shout out. They go, question, out, Gloria. Gloria, question number two. Would your library even have Wi-Fi? A fucking Dollar General has Wi-Fi. Why are you asking me one of the top private universities in the United States has Wi-Fi? Because you think I'm so stupid that I have to go to a ma- a janky master's program that doesn't have Wi-Fi. And like, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll let you know if it's approved. So I what read you the email. It's approved. Approved. Uh, hey, CN Hall. Hey, I can't. My team said I can't. So thank you for the scholarship you gave me, too. Thank you so much. Because I graduated with 3.9 <laughs> GPA from undergrad. Like, stop blaming me, right? So I was, like, teary-eyed. Come on. I was teary-eyed. And I literally called my dad. Because my dad's, you're always a nigga, right? So I called my dad. I'm like, dad, they're playing with me. Like, I work so hard to Mr. get this. They're trying to tell me I can't do it. And my dad's like, well, why are you crying? He's like, they answered your question for you. You're going for your master's program. You got to get up out of there. He was like, you now know. Like, it's like the survival thing. You're in the ring, and my dad did a boxing. So he's, he was an athlete too. He's like, you're in the ring and you're boxing, right? They hit you and you're against the ropes. Now you know how they're fighting. So now you have to fight the same way that they're fighting to make it to where you need to get. And like, mm-hmm. that's been in my head, like, since all throughout my career, because I've experienced way more nonsense. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to give up. I see how you move. I'm going to just bob and move where I need to and that's keep it, it moving. That's it. You're- here, I'll have my dad on. I'll bring my dad on the podcast. Yo, we got to, yo, bring got Mr. To. Brown to the pod. Wow. He, he need to, yeah, he need to talk us through some of this shit because I, I need to know. Yeah. I need the knowledge. If he gave a graduation speech, they would be off to be Fortune 500 company owners. <laughs> my dad would educate the masses. <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, if Brian, if Brian's dad, my uncle, if he That's did a graduation speech, I was just speech, about to say that shit. That if he gave a graduation speech, I don't know where people would end up. Probably somewhere that don't just make no damn sense. Shit with a bunch of fucking candy riddles and shit. 
he just he just be saying <laughs> shit he just be saying shit to you right and then he answer his own question and you'd be looking to him for an explanation like how is the how, what is the connection he's just like yeah exactly yeah right and we're just like okay I'm like, that's, that's every dad they talk in riddles and my dad be like okay don't be a donkey chasing a carrot and just walk off what does that mean <laughs> it, gives, it gives me that Nike commercial where it's like kobe and kanye and he's like what the fuck does that mean kobe right like that's literally me oh, all shit, the time. Yeah. my dad's favorite thing to say is not a follower like i'll go in the kitchen i'm like damn dad we need to we need to buy some milk man like i'm hungry he'd be like be a leader not a follower the fuck does that mean bro get some milk <laughs> yo the, the this week's episode name just north of a donkey chasing a carrot yeah don't <laughs> that's, be that's, it. Chasing a carrot. that's it <laughs> like thinking about all this like conversation about like white folks also being intimidated by you know educated and capable black and brown folks it kind of like makes me think about I think I think you said it be like how you could be saying one thing and it don't matter if you're saying it because if a white person say the same thing, then all of a sudden everybody hears it. It's heard, yep. it's internalized, right. it's it's understood. <laughs> and Queen of the Segways, okay. This makes me think about my boy Elmo from Sesame Street. If y'all haven't heard, if y'all haven't heard my boy Elmo, he's from the Bronx. Yeah, out here. He's from the Bronx. Here. So a new clip of Elmo recently surfaced from an episode. He's making some kind of salad or some shit. You hear his voice. He's like listing out the ingredients. He's like onions, carrots, balsamic vinegar. That's a big word for Elmo. Yeah, that's a big word for (laughs) Elmo. So ever since hearing that, everybody's just like my whole TikTok feed is just black and brown folks like using the sound. And then every time they get to balsamic vinegar, they in their hood gear. They in their black puffer jacket. They in their beanies. The hoop earrings, the nose rings, like you have a big black puffer coat. Like that's literally I'm all I hear. You even have a big black puffer jacket? Are you from New York? Even (laughs) exactly. So (laughs) I bring this up because if you don't know, Elmo is voiced by a black actor from Baltimore, which is fucking phenomenal. Because I mean, I mentioned this because I did come across a really interesting TikTok about how people are like hearing this sound and extrapolating their own like experience within the sound, like. For example, I think universally speaking, like for us, for people like us, we hear balsamic vinegar and you're just like, oh, that's a hood nigga, right? Like, that's it. He's from the hood. But apparently a lot of the queer community is hearing this sound and saying, oh, almost queer. And if you if we dig a little deeper, okay, and dig a little deeper, a lot of the queer, like LGBTQIA, like slang vernacular Take us home. Come on. Okay. A lot of the a lot of the slang used by the LGBTQ community, particularly the white folks, all of that yeah. slang they, they be using, snatched, slay, all that shit. That's based this in slang that comes directly from the like black that. queer community. And the reason why I say it's kind of related to this work conversation is because whenever black and brown folks use this kind of language, right? The slang, the, the, with that, with, you know, the hood accent, like where we come from, it's, it's ghetto. We're told not to talk like that. We're told to tone it down. It's like Flacco said, you code switch when you're at work, right? But then when white people use this language, especially like particularly the queer, the queer white folks, it's celebrated. And it's just like, oh, look at, yeah, it's trendy. Yeah, trendy. So it's just really interesting. It's another example. And that's the thing. Like, this shit is everywhere. It's the same thing that happened on TikTok when, you know, TikTok used to be all about dances, you know? 
and the renegade all dance, right? Yeah. yeah, all of those oh, dances. Every dance. Every dance. Almost, yeah, every almost dance. every single popular but- dance was created by a black creator. And it was a white person who made it popular. Yeah. Because they have they refuse to see that it came from a black or maybe they do. Maybe they see it and they don't give a fuck because they think that they can steal it and not have any consequences. And that's exactly that's why you don't see white folks getting sturdy with it on TikTok because they can't do it. It's not in their wheelhouse. Black still creators went on they strike. They shit. went on strike. And these white people were creating they can't move like that. It was, no. it was weird. Ask a white person to the stinky leg. I guarantee you they're gonna break the ankle. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> no, I think I remember they they went on they went on strike for one of Megan's songs. I know Megan was pissed because you told like a TikTok made song. That's something I really can't stand. That we're not making songs simply for TikTok. Cut it out. I hate it. Yeah. Right. And they that's were good. there was no dance made. Like they were attempting to make dances. It wasn't hitting. There's, there's no rhythm involved. They're dancing to the words, not the beat in the song. It's just <laughs> horrific, right? And it's in my master's program. I literally wrote a twenty page paper on like African American communication. A scholar. <laughs> I'm trying to present it at a conference. If you know, let me know, drop a link or something. But, um, <laughs> period. No, but I, one of the things that I cover in it is like code switching. And something that a lot of people don't realize is because of the way we speak, we speak differently than white people, like scientifically. Like we have more excitement. The things that we say and the way we pronounce things, it's all just very particular to us. And the reason why we're told to constantly calm it down, code switch, all that is because they don't understand the way we're communicating because they communicate completely different, right? Um, And then instead of being like, you're communicating differently than me, I feel like I should now understand how you're communicating so we can then be cohesive because you're a human being just like me. They're like, oh, I don't understand you. And then they go over to people who they sound like the Jennies, the Craigs, like right, like that, and that's when unconscious bias plays a role as well. So now, shout when out to Jenny Craig, the Jenny, like, you know what I'm saying? Like when I said it, I'm like, that sounds familiar. I was but, like, what a but, bar. It's like if you have like if we say one thing, like if we're bringing up an idea, and we might say it in the way we speak, they're like, I can't even hear that, but you know, they go to someone else and the unconscious bias plays in because like, you look like me, you sound like me. You kind of remind me of myself when I was younger. So now I have an affinity for you unconsciously. And that's why when they say things, they it suddenly has action. Suddenly everyone's like, that's an amazing idea. Why don't we think of this? And Amanda's like, I said that three brainstorms ago. She said, it's what it is. They don't understand us Amanda on a science that. level. We swimming through that shit. We do the day. We all prospering in it. You know what I mean? This we is do the just, damn this dance. Is a tip of learn the dance they're doing. Like, that's right it's the, it's the tip of the iceberg man like i feel like i could talk forever on this shit like whether yeah. it's my experiences whether it's the experience of my black brothers and sisters up the street for me like everybody got a similar story how they were treated in a workplace because it was a predominantly white one all right y'all we done talked about a lot of shit from the fuckery of tristan thompson to being black in the workplace to white people you know stealing the culture from us and that's gonna be it for episode one but this is just a start of an all-new season with all new guests i'm not gonna guarantee there's gonna be guests on every episode but i will say i enjoyed chilling with tori today and we had so much fun thank you thank you shout out tori appreciate you coming on yeah shout out no i had so much fun no but we we had a lot of fun today man i'm happy to be back and that's been episode one of season two of just north See you later, Mr. Nudo.